0: Oh we're gonna do an intro first. Intro first, intro first. Intro. Howdy howdy, this is Chris Erickson. And Cassidy Lewis. We are both born and raised here in North County, San Diego.
1: We're dads, we're husbands. And we're both realtors. And this podcast is all about the people, the places, and the stories around North County. Thanks for tuning in to North County Now. Welcome back, my friends. Another edition of North County Now episode numero 168. Flying solo today. I am Chris Erickson. Find me over on Instagram at I am Chris Erickson. Come say what's up over there. Mr. Casty Lewis will have a full episode next week on two things. First, his trip to Hawaii, which he's indulging in right now probably drinking a maybe uh, i'm gonna go with a maui brewing coconut porter no not really he does not like a porter that's me nonetheless probably having a nice little mai tai something fun we'll we'll have a full report on that next week on episode 169 and also what's going on right now the all-star game i didn't even know it was going on until i've seen a few Of the updates on Instagram of Home Run Derby, or maybe it was on YouTube actually, Home Run Derby, and um, all that kind of stuff. So we'll have a little bit of baseball talk, a little bit of Hawaii next week. This week, got a fun little episode. Uh, We got kind of obviously our craft corner, what's going on there. I'm going to let you know about the most elusive, at least in my book, the most elusive brewery here in north county san diego hit up a new brewery hit up two new breweries that i've never been to actually so we'll give you a little rundown on there we got our beer of the week i don't even know which one it is actually now that i think about it it's from one of those breweries but let me bring it up real quick so we have that already got a little bit of a camping section in here as well one of the things i'm trying to do uh, for my 40th coming up here what are we in july 19th right now birthday is in october do a little camping trip so looking around we actually might do a little camping trip coming up not related to the birthday but I got a few camping spots a few new quick hits of spaces things popping up so should be a fun little episode as always thanks for tuning in let's dive right in so I was out doing some showings this weekend over in san marcos Kind of the, the area back by Sunset Park. If you guys haven't been over there, pretty neat little spot. It is a big old park, huge. There's big old sports, not facilities, there's big old sports fields. There's like an indoor, we had soccer camp there one time, but it's like an indoor soccer field, I, I guess, as well. I was thinking it was a, like a skate rink, but that would not make sense. It's a, a indoor soccer field, not a rink. So there you go. Anyways, that's over there. There's big playground, tons of open space, and uh, when I so ended up running from there, did a quick loop around into Vista, back to to San Marcos. And it's really cool running and seeing the neighborhoods and checking them out. And so, if you guys are out there, get go go explore on foot. Just really cool to see. I, I cruised up, kind of down Point Seedy, I believe. Cut onto Sycamore and then up through some random neighborhoods over there. Anyways, totally different. I've f- probably driven on a lot of the ro- those roads a thousand times. But nonetheless, running by Sunset Park, there is a disc golf place right there. Oh, real quick. Sorry. I am scatterbrained today. Nonetheless, at the end, after we go through all this, so we did a YouTube live on our YouTube channel, North County, San Diego with Chris and Cassidy. We had a special guest and While this is not a real estate podcast, we are real estate agents, so if you guys need anything, hit us up hello at northcountyca.com, but we did have on one of our team members, team lead, Lauren Sanders, give some insight. He's been in the business for like 30 years, and we went through kind of what's happened in the market, what he's seeing, all that kind of stuff, so I think it's kind of interesting. Everybody, if you're live in a house obviously you want to know what's going on the market if you're thinking about buying or selling you want to know what's living what's going on the market even more but it's always just good to have that base of what we are seeing you know a lot of the news all that kind of stuff is going to be what is happening nationally or certain little cities austin or boise or las vegas or portland all that kind of stuff this we chatted about was pretty local what we're seeing out there every day so i'm going to tie that audio in kind of at the end so you guys could have a little market update as well. But anyway, Sunset Park, disc golf. I think it's a six holder. Uh, probably weekends are not going to be your best bet for that. But go and they have some a little bit of elevation. It's not too big. It looks fun. Maybe even bring the kids out for disc golf. So I don't know. I just love finding those little things. Like we only have the other one up here, Brangle Terrace. I think there's one out in Escondido. What is the name of the park? Is it Felicita? I, don't know, I believe there's one out there as well. So not a ton of, of disc golf. Oh, Cal State San Marcos actually is a fun, interesting course through the campus as well. So anyways, that was neat to, to see. I haven't played there. Anyways, went running, did a showing and had this idea. I'm going to go hit up a new brewery right over there because I've read about it. I've seen it. I've seen it pop up. It's Started maybe about a year ago. It's come up on this podcast many times as well. And I've tried to go there multiple times. And so if we're doing showings over in that area of San Marcos or driving through or just weekends, I'm like, oh, I need to go hit that up. Hasn't happened. Missed once. Missed twice. This is my third strike. Finally got there. You'll hear the name of it here in a sec. Don't worry. Finally got there. It's right off South Santa Fe. The edge of San Marcos and Vista cruised up, and I was like, I don't know if this place is open. I just looked on the on Google, and it said it was open. Pulled up to the door, they were out of town for a family event, which is cool. That a lot of you know breweries are obviously still businesses and stuff, but that small business feel, that small business local vibe. You know, got to go to your whoever sister brother whoever's wedding, etc. But um, Blue Flame brewery over in san marcos i mean sorry blue fire i don't know why i keep calling it blue flame but um it's it was uh closed so i did not get to go see it but they are open their location is two eight nine two south santa fe avenue suite 107 if you are coming from vista you're gonna have to do a u-turn at the light right there if you're coming from San Marcos it's just right past that liquor store as you're going down South Santa Fe right before you hit Vista and that kind of whole industrial area back there but anyways I will be making it there at some point because I think they're making some good beer from what I hear and they don't have any sort of distribution they don't have any sort of cans uh, probably have crawlers and stuff to go but gonna have to make it there so on tap golden ale session dark Amber Ale, Le a celebrate collaborate with a, gr- a local group to brew an easy-drinking Mexican-style beer. we have been seeing a lot of those, actually, lately. They got a pale ale, prickly and pink, hazy IPA. So, anyways, wide selection. This one sounds good. A stoked Imperial IPA. Um, and then the one that I read about was, I believe it was the White Sage IPA. Our fan-favorite brew is back in this, the third iteration of... Our white sage IPA, we kept the grain bill the same, but switched the hops to a combination of nugget for bittering and CTZ for flavor and aroma. And the result is an herbaceous and piney IPA, which all IPAs should be, with a noticeable but not overbearing quality of fresh white sage 7.7%. So that's what I was going to taste there, but it still has eluded me. So anyways, did not make it there. Ended up cruising to a newer... Okay, it's not newer. It's but it is over in Vista, so near the Sycamore Corridor. I'm bringing up the picture right now. I mean, you can't see it because this is audio, but I'm going to bring up the picture because I took a shot of their menu. That's where my beer. We're going to jump right into Craft Corner, by the way. So that's where we're going to, because that's the weekend. You know, we did kind of a few beer things. Went on a little a date to La Papagayo. Went to another little beer spot. So I'll get I'll give you that beer review place as well. Trying to find my pictures here, but anyways, it was Battle Mage. So back by Henneberry, it's a whiskey place. Back by, what else is back there? I think Hellia is back there. There's a few others kind of right back in that area. Got to enjoy a beer there. And Battle Mage is in the theme of, let's say, like, I guess, gamers, old school gamers. Dungeons and Dragons kind of thing, wizards and dragons and, and all that kind of fun. So, anyways, um, if you go in there, that's that's what the whole theme looks like. All their beers are named after, um, you know, kind of those D and D cards. I don't know. I didn't, never really played Dungeons and Dragons. I, I think I kind of would have been into it, but anyways, I did not get to play. So, enjoyed one of their beers. My beer of the week comes. It was actually a collaboration with Bersion called Forest Guardian IPA, six point six point five percent Nice, tasty little beer. Uh, I also ended up getting a flight there just because I wanted to try a few different ones. And you know what? I'm changing my beer of the week because I just scrolled over and I saw the one that was actually my beer of the week and had an interesting story. The brewer was serving the beers there. They have about uh, one, two, three, four, about 12 beers on tap. Um, so I got a taster just because I wanted to, you know, go through the whole gamut of not just the IPAs and that kind of stuff. So it was the Divine Light, which is just a nice light beer with pineapple. He says every time they do this beer, they make it with a different fruit. So he said like cherry was super popular. They've done, this was their first with pineapple, which I kind of I think a light beer with that pineapple in there. And they use a ton of, uh, uh somewhere in Oregon, I guess, makes like, pulverized or whatever uh, like real fruit for beers and stuff if you want like a super fruity i mean if you want to add like real fruit flavor to your beers, so he was telling me all about it i haven't heard of it but um this one was pineapple but they do a bunch of different ones so divine light with pineapple 4.8 percent in their lighter side it was actually yeah i i just like the story behind it i like the taste of it it wasn't too overpowering but usually a lot of the uh kind of concoctions beer wise that have certain flavors in there, cocoa or vanilla or fruits, all that kind of stuff or maybe like sours or sometimes you get a coconut IPA but you don't see many lagers or light beers with with that in there so it was pretty tasty going there kind of a cool you know if you obviously if you're gonna have a game night <laughs> definitely shoot in there but some of their other beers, versus a victory english brown they got the beer the beer it's called the beer is dark and full of terror a milk stout a hooded assassin an old ale a few different ipas they got a side quest shroud shroud of mist hazy ipa so uh they serve it if you get the taster flight it's on a a battle axe i don't know if it's a battle axe but anyways it's an axe nonetheless so uh cool spot good beer trying to hit up no, I wasn't trying to hit it. I was thinking about getting my buddy a bottle of the rye whiskey next door at Henneberry. Unfortunately, we were not open. So, no worries. Ended up just uh, enjoying a beer there. So, Battle Mage, go there. Enjoy some of their beer. They don't have much distribution as well. So, a lot of their beer. They do sell cans there, which I did not know that they even canned their beer. So, they have most of them. The... Uh, Beer Tender said they have most of them to go as well. You can get a Crowler if they don't have them in cans, 16 ounces. So the next place that I hit up, this was not that same day. These are not all, well, Blue, I'm going to get it right. Blue Fire was the same day, but it was not open. The next one was a little date night. Well, it was for that bottle of whiskey that I was going to get. For my buddy, it was for his birthday on a Sunday evening. We hit up the new place over in Lucadia, Kings and Convicts. And it was, oh, I don't know. I won't judge it on just one visit on a Sunday afternoon. But so they are the people who recently bought out Ballast Point. So they do have a few Ballast, Points beer, a few Ballast Point beers on tap. They also have their own. And I wanted to try one of their ipas but he said they were really low on ipas all they had was two double ipas left so either goes for popularity or they just need to brew a little bit more i think they took over the saint archer uh building down in mira mesa somewhere down there anyways uh and just the i didn't they have the extension out to the street like a lot of the places around should have gone out there because then the music was just loud. What, I'm, what am I, old man? Yeah, I guess so. But it was just like hard to have a chat with our friends and stuff. But the one with the double IPA, nice little taste, uh, basically a taster, twelve ounce of that, and it was it was good. But I, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to hold my full review until I go back another time and actually get to sample a few different ones because they do have a different more beers in the lineup than just. The IPAs and stuff, and then like I said, a few of the Ballast Points ones on there. So, anyways, the inside's basically exactly the same as when it was Saint Archer. They got the big roll-up windows in the front, so there's a bunch of seating right on the sidewalk. Basically, they have some dartboards in the back. They have a big projector screen out there, or up kind of behind where we were sitting. So, um I think I guess just the music was the uh, the only thing bugging me. But yeah, I am. Uh, turning 40 this year so you know old man old man withers over here but anyways that was kind of the the beer exploring for the weekend there is a new brewery which i think i know we mentioned it in one of our videos on youtube but i don't know if we mentioned it here a new brewery coming to downtown vista and it's where the old wavelength brewery was it's called insane brewing and it is uh going to Go right in that old space they're going to do a little bit different as far as kind of the beer selection mike zane is the the uh the brewer there him and his wife are going to be open it up in downtown vista let me see if i had the date on here 236 main street in vista's old town area i think it was at the end of august is what they were shooting for but his saying on kind of what the beer is going to be like what what to expect i'm a small batch brewer which allows me to have a wide range of creativity, blending flavors and styles. My passion is to play with recipes, techniques, and styles. I don't tend to have a style I naturally gravitate to. However, one thing I will focus on is having full-bodied beers with lower ABV, alcohol by volume. So they'll have a, you know, a lot of the breweries around here hop-heavy, alcohol-high, high, alcohol-high or high alcohol. But a lot of, you know, even the IPA is, seven seven two seven five you get into the doubles you get into the uh, age stuff all that kind of stuff so it'll be nice and he's been brewing since 2001 they've been trying to do this for a little bit they they finally were looking around and found this this place you know when the wavelength brewing was down there it never made it in but they had like you know full sound system they had like a, a bunch of stuff going on so on track to open in August, insane will host. I, I didn't know the space is that big either. It's like forty five hundred square foot. Nonetheless, uh, on track is set to open in August. Insane will host live bands, comedy shows, and open mic nights. Uh, on the beer side, a dozen taps will pour beers produced on the onsite fifty five gallon system, feeding their six five hundred liter fermenters. When asked about beer that will be available on open day, Mike rifles off a list of styles. That's anything but every day for San Diego breweries. Listing a black rye IPA, California common, multiple loggers, browns, and amber else. So it'll be a nice little change of pace for kind of what we are used to here in the San Diego scene. I'm looking forward to it. I like to, I, I like a good brown ale, always solid. Uh, I think Aztec brewing, I don't know if they're still around, but they used to make a macaroon nut brown ale or I guess macaroon's already coconut, so it was a macaroon brown ale. Brown ale, coconut. I mean, it goes hand in hand. Super tasty. Uh, it was one of my favorites. Like I said, I don't know if they're around anymore. But just a little beer news for you. And then also, which we've brought up many times in the past, collab over in Vista. If you've driven by 78 and you see Indian Joe's Brewing, that's been that was there for a while. That It's not that exact space, but it's right next door. The CoLab is readying for a public debut this weekend. So there you guys go. If you guys need something to do this weekend, July 22nd, that is going to be Friday opening. They're going to be opening the doors after three years of development and construction. It's the first of its kind beverage collective concept, hence CoLab Public House. Friday, July 22nd, starting at 4 p.m. The address is 2129 Industrial Court in Vista. The breweries that are in there, like we mentioned many a times, there's a few local ones. Uh, Breakwater Brewing. I didn't know. They've been brewing in... I mean, I knew they had a spot or they were... I don't even know how they did it. They were... Do they have their own spot? Maybe they do. I'll Right on the corner there in Oceanside. Anyways, Breakwater Brewing's operated a brew pub in Oceanside for the past 15 years winning some prestigious awards along the way they're going to expand a little production at uh, this new place as well barrel and stave is the next brewery uh up there a new operation founded by wild barrel brewing uh co-owner chris white not to be confused with the white labs owner of the same name co-lab is they already have one space in downtown Vista, which right down the street from which will be insane brewing in uh, right around the corner from belching beaver so they have that place down there. And then the final brewery tenant is Laguna Beach Beer Company, a seven-year-old company that rather than upping production will primarily utilize its space at CoLab to expand its barrel aging efforts. They, um, The program that was overseen by Chris Lynn, who came over, for, uh, over to Laguna Beach Beer from Beachwood Brewing in 2020. So uh, the other ones will be Propaganda Wine Company, they may or may not be ready to operate at opening the beer places as well, uh, as well as baby's badass burgers in LA food truck business that operated in San Diego County for the past half decade. This would be the first brick and mortar store. So anyways, I know my wife's asked me about it because I brought it up and chatted about it and, uh, you know, shared it with her probably about a year ago, I think. So these are coming from San Diego beer news. San Diego Beer.news, this article. And it popped up there quite a while ago when they were kind of doing the renovations and all that kind of stuff. So, anyways, it'll be pretty awesome when asked why he and his team decided to cite their first collab facility in Vista, a city that is already home to 17 operating breweries and brew pubs, plus four additional brewery-owned venues. He says, being part of or that that was part of the appeal. So there is no quote here. That, that's all. But anyways, CoLab is finally opening. So be, I mean, go for this weekend. Let me know how it is. I'm not going to make it this weekend, but pretty darn sweet. Um, Yeah. All right. How about camping? That was a good little transition there. Who doesn't like camping? I want to do a full camping episode. If you guys know somebody who camps a lot, who knows a lot about camping around here, I was doing some Google searching just on maps for something or other. I don't even know what it was, but I saw campsite photos. They are, it says they are located here in Encinitas. So I need to reach out to them. If you guys have not seen that site, it's pretty awesome. They go around, take pictures of all the sites. It was kind of before, eh, probably in conjunction with Google Earth, but you get a ground level. So when you're looking for the site, you want that perfect site. You want like maybe a little bit of shade. You want it kind of its own little spot you don't want like you know another crew like right next to you or right behind you so go on campsitephotos.com. not a sponsor of the show the show is sponsored by the beach life group that is our real estate crew but um yeah it'd be fun to do a whole camping episode because you know got to get out there enjoy the world enjoy the open space i've been camping in i don't even know how long it's been way too long but one place for my birthday that we I have been in the past if you guys have not been up to cuya we call it cuya maca uh kind of out I think it's still San Diego County but it's out right past right off the eight you just take it off it's about 30 minutes out um the eight turns into or not the eight turns into oh this is a different cuya late cuya is the one I'm looking for It looks like there's a cuyamaca up by kind of Solvang and stuff up in that neck of the woods lake cuyamaca it's got some really fun camping up there uh go down the eight get off on the 79 right at descanso and cruise north a little bit so it's like just south of julian it's like you could also just go to the 78 to julian if you're coming from north county boom and then just head straight south which i don't think i've ever come that way looking at a map, i don't think i ever knew it was that close because when we usually go, we come in from the south and then, you know, come at the 79 there. But then if you're looking at the lake, you could see kind of in the back area, there's a big open space. I guess that's where this one leads. So very neat. But yeah, they the, go do some trout fishing. There's a few different uh Paso Pichaco campground. We usually stay at that one. Some good hiking out there, but most of our time spent at the lake, you know, Bring bring the gear down there. Cruise around. We got our little spots. I think my pops has one of the biggest fish ever caught there. I mean, that's all hearsay. It did get mounted at his house. So if you guys are ever at the Erickson household, go go check it out. It's uh, I think I just looked at the plaque. I want to say it was like a six pounder or something. It was insanely big. Uh, you know, usually you catch trout. They're all these farm trout. They're all like a pound, maybe pound and a half, like twelve to 15 inches, pretty small little guys. This guy was a, a beast. So anyways, the biggest trout I've ever seen. And I, I'm, let me go with 95% sure it came from, from Lake Cuyamaca. So let's read some reviews from Cuyamaca. Let you know how it is. My mill lives in the homes overseeing the lake. So beautiful, peaceful kids love the lake and the nature it has to offer very nice for family photos or special occasion photos, which is awesome what a lot of people were doing when we visited perfect to be away from everyday city noise visited Lake Cuyamaca on Halloween. I must say my girlfriend and I had a great time and I really enjoyed our stay. We camped at Lone Pine. Oh, that's the other one. Campground. The facilities are super nice and clean. The actual camping sites are on the smaller side. Wow. That's a long review. I'm not going to read all that. Anyways, go to campsite photos and you can see all the, all the sites up there, but that was one place. If you guys haven't been out to Cuyamaca, go check it out. Small Lake in kind of our East County The other one that my wife uh, brought to my attention, which was kicking around for for the old birthday, is Palomar Mountain. But not any Palomar Mountain. It's called Bailey's on Palomar. That's what it's called. Bailey's on Palomar. Lodging, retreat, and event center. And it's a little more, let's call it glamping. Glamping's all the rage, obviously. It is a place where you can get yurts. You can get cabins you can get all kinds of stuff it's just look up what is it mount palomar lodging.com yurts cabin safari tents all with luxury amenities all designed with your comfort in mind they have a campground map which is always useful up here activities hike fish kayak stargaze kick back do nothing at all you have to get their wood because they don't want you to bring your own wood out there for some reason i don't know i've, I've read that before but um yeah. 240 acres of mountain awesomeness. Stay in your choice of mountaintop accommodations at Bailey's at Palomar. We offer a range of lodging experiences and have for close to 100 years historical and cabins, luxury yurts, upscale safari tents, modern cathedral cabins, or the restored or old Palomar Mountain Hotel. I did not even know there was a hotel up there. I've been up there. i got stars once or twice, I think, kind of right around high school. Went camping up there a few years back at the just Palomar Observatory campground, which is pretty rad too. Nice big open place. But Bailey's on Palomar is an authentically rustic property, originally homestead in 1888. We're spread on 240 acres of heavily forested mountaintop at 5,500 feet. Bailey's a perfect location for quiet getaways, family reunions, wellness retreats, and corporate or personal events. See for yourself why people have been visiting Bailey's on the Palomar for over 130 years. So... You got everything you guys need out there. I I like camping in the dirt, getting dirty, starting a campfire, uh, walking around shoeless, not showering, cooking your food there. But some other people in my household enjoy clamping. So this could be a nice little compromise for all parties involved. But I did Google it too from here, from coastal San Diego from Encinitas, and it was only about an hour and 18 minutes. So if you're inland, you're looking at like 50 minutes to like a killer little campsite. I don't know, well worth it, I think. I'll let you know. So it's going to be one of those. But the other one that we're actually going to potentially do a trip up to, not for the birthday, is called Hutopia. not going to get into it too much because I don't know too much about it. But it's like, um, it's kind of, it's basically, if you go, Look at LA on a map. It's like behind that, behind the mountains. So kind of in the direction of Big Bear. In the heart of San Gabriel Mountains, a mountain spring flows through a wide canyon lush with greenery. Um But they got everything up there too. It's Huttopia and tons of sites. Paradise Springs. I guess Huttopia has a few other ones, but it's um, it looks fun. I'll report back. I don't have too much information on this one, but I just wanted to bring it up because... For all you, you glampers out there, the natural and refreshing spring running through the property. They, they obviously like that because it's the second place they put it on the site. The deep historical swimming pool with views of the valley. Not sure what that entails. The fascinating history of the resort as it links to 1920s Hollywood. So, um, once again, you got your yurts or you got your wood and canvas tents um, with bathrooms in there. So, it's pretty darn neat. think it'd be a good little family vacay because they got with a camping section. Then they also have a bistro, a coffee cart, breakfast, swimming pool, camp store, activities and entertainment. They got all kinds of stuff up there. So 68 ready to camp tents, 150 acres, not quite as big as Bailey's. But anyways, camping wise, like I said, if you guys have anywhere, let me know. I want to explore or at least have somebody on that can chat about camping a little bit more in depth because... It's always fun to uh, to get out in, in the wilderness and kind of, you know, chill for a little bit where you don't have to have the darn phones and no service. I know a lot of places where we were at Palomar, you had to like go around the corner to get service. So kind of nice unplug for a little bit. Hit me up because I want to go camping and not. I like to tent camp, like I said, a few quick hits before we get into your real estate market update. Buena Freschetta is now officially open in Antonietas, the old Angelo's building right there. They're going to keep the drive-thru open so you can drive through and get some, they call it Roman Italian food or Roman inspired food. They um, are going to have some gelato in there. They are going to have some pizza, obviously. They're going to have like diner food. They're going to have coffee as well, pastries, croissants, baked goods. So, I know Julie, my wife, um, wanted a wanted to start a drive through pizza place many many moons ago. This will be a good testing ground, see if it's worthwhile. But uh, it just opened downtown Encinitas. Go check it out. The address is going to be it's called GP Diner on Instagram. So go follow them. Now open Tuesdays through Sunday, eleven a.m. to ten p.m. at six o eight South Coast Highway in encinitas pretty neat new little spot opening up uh also a new breakfast spot long time la jolla breakfast destination i guess all the restaurants are opening in encinitas this week the cottage unveils new location in san diego's north county if you guys have been to the cottage down in la jolla there's always a line it's this cool like old little house that just looks like a random you know house that somebody made a breakfast joint and that might be what it was but they are up here now the location in it isn't as quaint, I would say. It's right next to Ralph's over in... Uh, what's it called? The town's center. It is... Uh, I don't even know what used to be there. Maybe... Yeah, maybe it... No, I don't know. I don't know. Sorry. I got nothing. Encinitas Village Shopping Center. San Diego's North County Encinitas. It is at one set 127 North El Camino Real Suite H. Obviously, they're going to have a bunch of breakfast stuff. They got... A ton of good-looking food. Their their menu, go to SanDiegoVille.com and look it up. They got, you know, griddles, eggs, omelets, Benedicts. They got some Sando's, salads, bowls, tacos, shaken coffee drinks. So it looks like their coffee menu is pretty pretty solid. And then uh, alcoholic beverages. So they got, always got two rotating drafts. They got some 1-800-Tropics IPA. They got Drink This with a bees. Dye Honey Blonde. They got some standards. They got a little Mother Earth Cali Creamin. little Lost Abbey Farmhouse Lager. little Kombucha. little bu- Bubbles. Little lavender champagne. I'm just going to read the whole thing, guys. So, anyways, if you need a new breakfast joint over in Encinitas, that's where you're going to go. The Cottage. Right over there. Not too shabby. Anyways. Let's jump into the real estate update let you guys know what's happened in the market what to expect from a longtime vet cassie and i chime in as well here and there so it's a nice little conversation let's go
2: we do have a special
1: guest he's sitting somewhere right out here we're gonna bring him in and chat he's been in the business for a long time he is our team lead and uh he is uh been with just kind of that local vibe the local real estate mark he's been through the ups and the downs um it's been through it all, and so we're going to get his perspective. I mean, we've been in the business for how long? You've been in now? Nine years. Nine years. So I'm coming up on, I guess, seven years now, six or seven years. And but he's he's got a little more um, that long term. Been through the 2008. Been through a few other changes. The 2000s, uh, when you know the the, the dot com boom, all that kind of stuff, which kind of feels a little more similar to what we're feeling right now, because mortgage lending is pretty strong. Uh, everybody's getting a loan. They're very well qualified right now, but, um, the stock market's changing pretty darn quickly. Let me bring him in here. Lauren, come on in. The man, the myth, (laughs) Uh, the legend, Mr. Lauren Sanders. We're going to squeeze him here
2: in the middle, but let me get a picture of you guys doing all this (laughs) because you're you're rocking out the live feed. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. We're,
1: we're, we're live on the YouTubes. I Um, thought we were going to a luau. Yeah, we are yeah, something you else. And you and Chris are. Yeah. yeah. You have the Hawaii the... shirt on. Yeah. So oh, yeah, that's right. I got my islands. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, it counts. Um <laughs> Yeah, so we're just kind of going through. Cool. What are you seeing? What's going on? Give everybody here a little perspective. They're up here. Kind of, yeah. What do you what what's going on? <laughs> I think here. I think
2: <laughs> hey everybody. Um are there actually people out there? Yeah, yeah okay. for sure. Yeah. Um I you know. If you said, sum it up in a few amount of words, what's going on in the market, I think we're going back to a normal market. It's not normal for homes to go up 30, 25, 30 plus percent a year and for there to be half a month or less than half a month supply of inventory, which we've been in for the past year and a half. We got down to a low last year of under a half a month supply of homes for sale. Mm-hmm. Um, in certain zip codes, which if you're, if you don't know what that means, it's a simple thing. If no homes went on the market it, over a two week period, we would have nothing to sell, mm-hmm. which is crazy. So, um, but we do a lot of research. I brought, I knew you guys were doing some stuff on the market. So we've got this John Burns real estate report. that's like an 80 page document on every facet of what's happening in real estate. And you know, what are the risk factors in our market? Um we've gone from super low risk of of price depreciation and those type of things to about a more normal risk. Sorry about that. Again. <laughs> and, uh, I'm not used to this. So I'll just look at the there's this big light behind us. Yeah. look at the ring light. But, uh, but um so we've gone from super low risk to any issues to maybe a normal risk and maybe we'll be in a high risk. Um the the beginning some of the numbers I ran the beginning of this year, we were looking at North County Coastal. We were up 15%, a little over 15% year to date. Like from January to May-ish, we were mm-hmm. up 15% in price, which is that would be on pace to be like last year, a 30% yeah. increase. I think um, I think we're going to be up this year, but I think we're probably going to settle back a little bit on prices. And, and there's some potential next year. I think the John Burns report I read said uh, they're thinking that for – um existing homes they do new homes, commercial all kinds of stuff, but for existing homes, I think they were looking at maybe a four percent potential decline in prices. so if we're up thirty percent last year and eight, I think they're picking around eight percent by the end of this year, we'll be up it's thirty eight percent we drop back four percent, you know, I mean, it's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. But um,
0: I like that. I like that's not the end of the world. Yeah,
2: (laughs) (laughs) it may seem like it if you're watching the news a lot. Don't watch the news. That's my one tip for today. Stop watching the news, (laughs) Uh, especially because our market is is different. It is a little bit different than many markets. Yeah. 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 I mean, the unemployment rate in San Diego is three percent right now. It keeps going down. Mm -hmm. So um, Mm -hmm. I think we've benefited. One thing that you guys might have already mentioned but I think San Diego is getting repriced in comparison to San Francisco, mm-hmm. L.A., some of these higher priced markets where people, you know, the high tech jobs and all that were happening. We're getting some of those folks. We've mm-hmm. all worked yep. with them yep. where they can work online and go into the office, you know, to shoot up to San Francisco once a month or twice a month. It's a 45 what, hour flight or something mm-hmm. like yep. that. So nice and quick. Um, to me, you know, I know people love San Francisco and they love L.A., I think there was a song I love LA, yeah. LA, right?
1: Yeah. Um, I think it's Randy Newman. But he hadn't been to San Diego. That's <laughs> yeah, the problem. That's, right. that's right.
2: So, I mean, in comparison, honestly, if you can live in San Diego, sell your $2.5 million condo in San Francisco and move down here and get a nice house for that, walk to the beach every day, enjoy your life, that's uh, a pretty good deal. So I think we're getting repriced as part of what's happening to San mm-hmm. Diego. That's part of what's bolstered, um, you know, you, we thought, Last year, you're how can prices keep going? Well, that's yeah. how. Yeah. Um, but so anyway, we're we're going to calm down, so we're back to a normal market, which is good for everybody. Two thousand eight, you are around. Yeah. Uh, compare it to that. Nineteen ninety eight, I was around. <laughs> I know <laughs> no, that's where we're back. Nineteen so eighty nine, I was Let, around. Let's start
1: with uh, two thousand eight and kind of compare it to. Let's start
2: with nineteen eighty nine. Okay, okay. Well, the most the world world market, market I've ever let's worked it. in. It. Yeah. So nineteen eighty nine, I started in real estate. Um, I had moved from living in san diego most of my life out to texas for a short-term job and in 1989 that job was going away and i got into real estate because it was so Sorry. cheap compared to here yeah um i've never driven through neighborhoods like it was there. oil the oil um field the oil refinery. everybody that was involved in oil in houston which is where i was uh, were selling their house we did back then what we called offers in compromise, which was basically a short sale okay. back in that day. There was, you drive through a neighborhood and, and this isn't hyperbole, a third of the homes were for sale. That's a and lot. And probably a third of those were foreclosures or offers in compromise like we did. So, um, that's a horrible market. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I moved back to San Diego in 91. Mm-hmm. So I only worked in, in Houston for a while, uh, 91, 92. But, um, the market out here was slowing down kind of a challenging market, but really kind of a, you know, just a normal market. And then, you know, the big one we all that's in a lot of our minds is 2008 because it's the most recent thing where you had always heard real estate doesn't go down. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden homes were dropping um, inland from here that some of them dropped 40 or 50%. We didn't experience that on the coast, but, that was a difficult market. There was a lot of short sale activity. We did a lot of those. There was inventory levels of eight, nine, 10, 12 months during certain periods of that. And, and we're at, what are we at right now? We're at 1.2 months supply. So yeah. for some context, so crazy different market. Um, so that was a challenging market to get through. Um, but if you follow, if you keep up with the market and and tell people the truth, you get through it. And so we got through it. And, um, and that's all you're trying to do here, I think, yeah. is you're trying to get people, here's what's going on on the ground. And so, and so now, you know, 2008, there's a lot of, there was a lot of pain in the market. A lot of people had lost jobs, lost houses. It was difficult. Uh, no doubt about that. It was harder to do real estate back then uh, because of some of the situations. But, um, you know, and then we've had some kind of variations between if you go from 2008 and then maybe 2010 ish, the market kind of turned and went up. So we went from that market to maybe four, four and a half percent. I don't, you know, don't hold me on the exacts, but we've gone Mm -hmm. from maybe 4% mortgage rates down to three and a half up to four and almost five in 2018. And then we dropped, you know, COVID happened. Nobody knew it was going to, you know, we thought the whole world was shutting down and interest rates got down to two and a half. Um, So that, that's part of the fuel that put fire in this whole thing. And it also, um, you know, I'm sure you guys feel this way. Your home became a different thing for you at that point when um, it became really important where you live, what kind of things you have at your house, how, how, uh, like, especially if you had to work from home a lot. So, and I think that's going to remain, I think homes are important to people. So, you know, it's not the end of the world unless it is the end of the world and then, you know, who cares? (laughs) That could happen too, but, but um, it's not the end of the world here. We're going to move through this. I would, I wouldn't be surprised. Interest rates bumped up to six and a quarter recently, and they're already back down a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if next year we're back in the five range to, you know, who knows it's all dependent on what takes place over these next months. But um, if you're thinking of buying or selling, the best time to do that is when it's the best time for you. Yeah. So all of the noise, uh, I think the only reason I'm sure, uh, I would think part of the reason you guys do this part of the reason I do it, I want to be able to give people the best advice on the ground that's happening right then for them. So you can make a decision whether it's the right time for you, but that's really the big deal. So, mm-hmm. um, housing crashes and we do read, i read stuff. There's a guy that says we're going to drop 22% in San Diego. Um, but there's always those guys, uh, so you know. Well, even we,
1: if we drop, that's the thing. If we drop twenty two percent, we've gone up forty percent. Yeah, it's still twenty percent above where it was two years ago. I mean, yep. it's not great. If even if you bought right now, like so, Janet just bought in Encinitas, um, and yet to move in. Hopefully, the long game is strong on property values.
2: It is. The short story is, it is yeah. in San Diego.
1: Yeah. And so like like Lauren said, the best time to buy is when you need to. Need to. Or want to. Or want to. Want to make a lifestyle change. And if you're in the position to do that, then it is a good time. And if you want to wait out the market, that's still do it. I mean, Rent for a little bit. It just as you go forward in the future, unknowns are the unknowns. And you know, my plan, uh, we're probably gonna be thinking about selling our house in the beginning of next year. If I, the, the, one of the things that we were, that I've talked about here in the past is, uh, one of the reasons I didn't want to buy previously is because the frenzy, I didn't want to deal with, you know, the hordes of people, not necessarily, I, I was under the assumption that prices would be higher at the time I did want to purchase, but there would be less demand, which kind of is what we're starting to see. And we'll, you know, we'll see how that plays out over to, the choose coming from, right? yeah. to
2: Chris, because you don't Definitely. want to just select something just to get something.
1: Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. So if you bought an Antonidas long-term, I don't know if you like where you live, then you're in a good spot. You walk in your backyard today, look up, enjoy the sunshine, go down to Moonlight Beach, go down to the coastal rail trail, cruise down there, you know, check out all the houses you enjoy. I mean, it's a lifestyle too. Uh, obviously everybody wants their house. It, it is a big asset. It is a big purchase. Um, as long as you didn't overextend yourself and you are kind of in a good spot. Hey, you're good to go. Some Take words of advice, some
2: questions, words of advice. I mean, I, I think what you're doing is good if you're buying a house now um, or if you're selling a house right now, either one of them, make sure you get a full handle on what's happening on the ground so you can make the best decision that makes sense for you yeah. and your family. And then, I mean, if you just look at history of San Diego pricing, if you're here for any 10 year period of time, many times, if you're here for any two year period of time, (laughs) but, but given, if you pull out 2008 and that few years we had of a, really was kind of a meltdown. Um, you know, there's people we, I've worked with somebody that bought a house in Cardiff by the sea. Maybe it was a year, maybe two years ago now. Um, they paid $500. That seems like a good deal. <laughs> yeah. And so their family has done well over the 45, 50 years they've owned the property. We sold it. It was a teardown basically for a million one. 000, 000. It's probably worth a million five right now. Yeah. So, but long term, if you're playing the long game, you know, it's pretty hard. It's pretty hard to beat San Diego. Yeah. The good thing if you get a mortgage now and say you got a mortgage at the beginning of the year it was at three and a half percent and over the next, we've had high inflation this last couple of years. You're paying back that mortgage with money that's worth less than it was when you got the mortgage. So uh, don't forget about that. You're actually, you're gaining a little bit there, yeah. uh, a little bit of long-term wealth right there just from that little thing. But
1: And, and I think too, looking, obviously looking at what, ha- if you bought in, in either the stock market or Bitcoin at their all time highs and with the thought that they're going to go up and continue to go up it, kind of a, I mean, they were going up. The directory was was crazy high, just like housing, just like everything else. And but you got to kind of think about like a long term view with investing, with housing, with the, your stocks, with your with everything, with Bitcoin, all that kind of stuff. Uh, my view on Bitcoin is I got a long term view, like not just Bitcoin, all crypto, NFTs, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, they're taking a hit, but there was an insane amount of. Projects and it's a new technology and all that kind of stuff. But anyways, it doesn't matter. Long term, I think with everything, you're going to have those dips. You know, you're going to have kind of crazy run ups with the volatility and that. It's been, I think, it's down seventy or seventy five percent. But so are a lot of companies, like built legit companies, you know, on the stock market that have gone down. If you look at them, I mean, the it, certain. Uh, you know, S&P, Dow is down, you know, 20 whatever percent, but certain companies within there are down a crazy amount, 60, 70, 80%. So um, if the long-term view is something you believe in, housing, if it's Bitcoin, if it's all the stocks, if it's not necessarily stock, but like companies that you believe in, I think you'll be all right. Um, Again, in the short-term view, one to two years is kind of tough in anything. That's what we mentioned with housing. If you're thinking about getting housing and going to come down here and buy a house and flip it and, you know, just like a lot of the companies that have come in in the recent years and bought houses, done nothing to them, put them back on the market three months later and made profit or some haven't, but that was the goal. Um, it's just a short term view. And, and I think that is not a good way to, to kind of look at your whole investments, your life, your, where you're going to live, all that kind of stuff. Cause that's obviously a huge part of housing is it's an asset. But you also have a ton of utility. You live there. You're raising your family there. You're enjoying the beaches down here. You're enjoying the weather. You're enjoying all that, too. So you kind of have to factor all that in into, into all your decisions as well. So
2: You can rent it out, too, if you decide to leave. Yeah. Right? And let somebody else pay for your investment. So yeah. that's an, an unusual thing about houses. I don't know if you can do that with Bitcoin. Big, big, Bitcoin. <laughs>
0: can't live in Bitcoin. You can't. Yeah, well, not yet. At least yeah. not
2: yet. <laughs> the, the technology. You're right, Chris. The blockchain technology. It. It. I've. When I was younger, um, probably a little younger than you guys, or around the same. The .dot com era was yeah. here, and everybody was investing, and things were going crazy. And there were companies that did nothing, had a name, and really didn't do anything. I think the difference, and, and some of that's happening in the Bitcoin world. The different coins there are. So. Um, Anyway, but real estate's a a different thing.
1: Yeah, we got another question here. It's about rent. You think rent prices will go up as there are fewer demands on buying? Interesting. (laughs) Anybody? Yes.
0: (laughs) I think think rents have been doing a similar thing that real estate's been doing also. It's just they've been increasing like crazy. And yes, a lot of the folks that either decided not to buy or are holding out and waiting for the market to change a little or it got priced out, they're renters. Yeah. So there is, and we're working right now with a couple of folks that are trying to find rentals and it's hard. There aren't many, are there? No.
2: The demand is extremely high. Yeah. So that part could, I mean, during the 2008 nine crash, actually rental prices went up because how, you know, there were people getting exited from their houses at that mm-hmm. point. So there was some rental activity, but if you're, all of those things buying or having a rental property is a long-term thing too. It's not a short, short term.
1: Yeah. Um, so we kind of mentioned like over the coming months, weeks, years, um, mostly uh, let's focus on the next, like three to six months. I kind of said there's probably going to be some opportunities and not necessarily, I know we were, Cassie and I were chatting about it before, not necessarily deals, Deals? Mm-hmm. You think there's going to be deals? They'll look like mm-hmm. deals years from yeah. now. Exactly. Yeah. They'll look yeah. like deals. Uh, but when you're doing your searches and you kind of are setting things up, you know, some things you might want to think about like uh, homes that have been on the market for 15 plus days where that market time moves up a little bit. They're sitting a little bit longer where most sellers in the past – year or so have been used to a five to seven day market time. Now they're sitting for that second weekend. It's going through there. They're getting a little nervous, not necessarily, you know, in a hurry to sell if they are motivated, they're, they're going to sell and there's still demand. So, you know, it's not like you're going to get a crazy deal, like we mentioned, but there might be opportunities and kind of, if you want to, if you are searching for a little bit of opportunity, kind of extend where the, you know, days on market, like searching homes, like I said, probably two weeks plus right now, and it might adjust up a little bit, As we kind of move forward, where homes are sitting a little bit longer. So maybe it's a 21 day plus search. Um, Also, the uh, price reductions, which we're seeing a lot of, and not like tiny price reductions, we're seeing like $100,000 price reductions in some neighborhoods where, like we mentioned, sellers have been used to the houses going up and up and up and up and up. So they price their house where they think it's going to be. The market has changed crazy quickly just how fast the buyer pool it seems like has diminished quite a bit so any of those and a lot of sellers are deciding okay well i didn't get my price at this amount let's bring it down a hundred thousand and they're still sitting for a, a few weeks so um and, market- the, and the expectation is there yeah that they'll still have that
0: frenzy at some point yeah if they find that right point and price and that's not happening
2: Yeah. Don't, and don't base your decisions on the frenzy part of it Mm -hmm. to make good decisions. I mean, fear causes us all to make poor decisions. So I think some people waited. I know of one instance where they just waited till the end to sell because the prices kept going up and Mm -hmm. they really needed to sell Mm -hmm. because of different situation. But um, those are the kind of people that panic. So there's going to be some, you know, in theory, bargains in San Diego. I don't know if I've ever talked to somebody that didn't feel like they were paying a lot for their house. Even yeah. back when I was selling $200,000 houses, like an actual house back then <laughs> in La Costa, not in uh Borrego Springs or something <laughs> like that.
1: But yeah. Uh, and here's just a little, I'll bring up a chart real quick just to show the, so this is like, this is the one that I was saying is kind of lagging. So a lot of our stats from the MLS are their last month. So uh, Things are changing so quickly now, I would conti- I would expect this trend to continue down. This is kind of the percent over list price. So over the past little bit, when we were writing offers, it wasn't like how much under list or should I go in at list? It was like, OK, you know, when we're consulting with clients, like how much over list should we go and kind of figure out, you know, where jockey position with a 10 to 15 offers. But
2: that and number, that's not our traditional market. Here. No. Like, yeah. Traditionally, the past 10 plus whatever, we're 95% to yeah. 98%. Mm-hmm. We're not like some markets, they underprice on purpose right. and they, you know, they price a million three house at 950 and it goes for a million six or yeah. something. So it's not, we haven't, that's not our normal. No, market. that's a new trend. You can see going back to like 2017 here, that kind
1: of trend line is like 97, 98% kind of going through until we get up to, you know, December 2020 when it started ramping up over to that 100% plus range, kind of dropped back down, which is typical for kind of the end of the year. Uh, trends kind of continuing again. But this year, the drop off is much more significant, much more dramatic as far as going straight down. This is
0: ending in May. So and now we're at the end of June. The, yeah. And early in the year.
2: Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's people that were in the market two months before that, basically. Yeah. So it is a little bit lagging, like you said.
1: Yeah. And still, I mean, you can still see the number in May was almost 105% uh, over list price. So, um, you know, houses were still going well over ass, but yeah, it is a lagging Promo Valley. It
2: was a, I think an average of 111 or 12% yeah. for, for the beginning of the year. Yeah. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. This isn't all San
1: Diego. This is just North, North San Diego. So kind of like the 56 freeway on up was kind of like where we focused. So that, that kind of whole area, like I said, downtown is a little bit different. East County is a little bit different, even Eastern, you know, uh, North County is a little bit different, but this is all that kind of North County area. So you can still see that. I mean, it's trending down just very quickly. The next we'll have probably have the next stats out in two weeks, and we'll probably see it in that
2: you know one hundred two, one hundred three range, maybe even. It's less. already it's already below that. Yeah, I ran some stuff. The pin, it, it, it'll it'll be back to even. Okay. Yeah, and maybe by you heard it here end of yeah, yeah by summer it'll be <laughs> we'll be back in the ninety something ninety eight ninety nine, which is still great. Yeah. I yeah, mean, definitely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And here's just like a little bit of, uh, so San Marcos, as you can, like, this is just a little indicator, uh, of what, you know, are we in a seller's market or a buyer's market? You can see kind of how the, the needle goes back and forth. This has been pretty heavy. I mean, we're still, as you can see right down here, we're still in a strong seller's market, meaning there's still heavy demand, not a, you know, uh, inventory, although, feels like it's flooding on the market. I think it's just because we haven't had any houses come on the market or many houses come on the market and stay on the market in the past two years. So in our situation, it just feels when we're working with clients, we're like, Oh my gosh, there's so many houses out there. Let's go see, you know, what do you guys want? Let's go check them out. But in actuality, we're still kind of like not, we're not even in a normal, normal yeah. In a normal when, when you
2: go from less than half a month supply to a month supply, that's yeah. a hundred percent gain. Yeah. So, it seems like a giant number. And if you read numbers from that perspective, it sounds crazy, but um the John Burns report I read uh, to go back to that, and they do a lot of data and it's 30 years deep. Um, When we get up to about 2.8, 2.9 months supply of inventory is when you start uh you might see some price depreciation potentially. Yeah. And we're nowhere near that yet, but you know, it could, you know, it, it could change. I My gut tells me that a lot of this quicker move down is people saw interest rates. They've gone from three and a half December to over six, six and a quarter recently. They've settled back down. When that happens, people just stop. Yeah. You know, we're, we're normal. We go, whoa, wait, something. So yeah. but if you're getting a mortgage, there's more adjustable rate mortgages now than in the past. And there's some good ones, so I don't suggest these for everybody. But I had clients that closed on a 10 one, a 10-1 year a 10 one arm, which is basically fixed for 10 years, adjusts one year every year after that, 30-year amortization. I ran a number, some numbers yesterday. It's three and three-eighths right now for that 10-1 arm. So, you know, you don't have to get a 30-year fixed at 6%. A um, million dollar loan. The difference at six and a quarter versus three point three was seventeen hundred dollars a month. A so if deal. you just take that seventeen hundred, pretend like you're paying the higher mortgage rate, you'll be down to almost you know two two fifty two seventy five on your loan ten years from now. Yeah. So the mortgage rate at that point won't matter when your loan's that small. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, there's a lot of ways to get around it. People are already making adjustments Was the point of that. Mm-hmm. They're they're going to more adjustable rate mortgages. Yeah, Cassie, we just said we
1: we're going to chat a little bit about the seller mindset coming mm-hmm. up before we sign off. So if any sellers are watching, what are we telling them? Uh,
0: just adjust your expectations to not what it was five weeks ago. And we're seeing that a lot now too. Like we talked about price reductions and the mindset has to shift a little bit to, Maybe we're not going to get 10 offers and be 50,000 over lists. And maybe it is more of that normal market time, that normal uh, expectation of what part or what percentage of your list price you'll get. Um, it's still, like I said, the cello meter, we'll call it the, that <laughs> um, it's definitely still leaning heavily to sellers. And, but there are less buyers out there. So you just, that expectation, just needs to shift a little bit to, hey, it might take 14, 21 days to get my house sold, which is still super low. I mean, yeah, that's crazy. Like, yeah, I mean, five years ago, it was 60 days was not unheard of. In 2008, it was
2: about 120 days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it varies. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah.
1: The, the current market that we have been in over the past few years is not a normal market. It's, unreal. it's yeah. not sustainable. House prices are not going to go up 20% a year forever. That would be insane. I mean, even the last two years, like I, we did a video earlier this year and kind of went over what we were thinking was going to happen. You know, it was the price growth of 20% was, I think the lowest percentage that was going to happen. Even though it had has happened for the first six months, we are seeing, starting to see a slowdown. So, So there you go. Now, you know what exactly is happening, what's going to happen, what to expect in this crazy real estate market. As always, thanks for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe, like, comment, just kidding. That's for our YouTube channel. But write a review if you are wherever you're listening, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, any of the above, Google Podcasts. Uh, Yeah, drop us a little review. Let us know what you're thinking. Hit us up at hello at northcountyca.com. Next week, like I said, Cassie's giving us a full review on Hawaii, on the All-Star Game, on anything else that he knows about because he's going to be co-hosting again next week. So find me over on Instagram at I am Chris Erickson. Come say what's up over there. We'll catch you guys all next week.